0: Welcome to another edition of two Irish guys discussing software. My name is Tomos O'Leary. I've got the title of our podcast right for the first time without <laughs> any interruption or corrections. Very pleased with myself. It's January 2021. I'm here with a very good friend and colleague, Brendan Walsh. We're still at it here. Hey, Tomos. Here we are. <laughs> here we are We're again. Back. Yeah, yeah. It's 2021, and today's show is about how much is too much mm. we'll have a look at that later and we have a excellent guest which we'll introduce when he joins us later Eric Cunningham from Pass Advisors I'll introduce him later he's going to be joining us sounds all. like
1: another Irishman oh yeah. we'll have to
0: find that out that we'll, we'll check that out we'll check that out all the way from Pittsburgh <laughs> Pennsylvania so looking forward to that do you know what I was thinking over the Christmas period when we were restarting this podcast We last time we were together we had Christmas jumpers on it was all very exciting-ish. Made uh, some predictions. Oh, God. Let's yeah. see. Let's see. Okay, we must go back and have a look at them.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's not a good idea. I, I didn't think I'd still be in lockdown, but that, was, no. that wasn't was one of my predictions. No,
0: no yeah. making predictions is a bad, bad move. That's a bad career move. Yeah. It might, might be good on Twitter <laughs> for a period of time, but... Yeah. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm no futurist.
0: But I was thinking, you know, why are we doing this? Mm. Uh, now, I, I, you know, you know, I love this. I know you get a little bit kind of stressed out sometimes because you're very organized. Pressure. Yeah. You, well, you, you, I'm you, too
1: scientific for a podcast.
0: Without you, we'd probably have no content for the podcast. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, well, obviously, we've Brian and we've Michael. But, uh, you know, but like organized, uh, you organized the chaos. Yeah, it was
1: chaos, yeah.
0: But I was trying, to, I was thinking that through, you know, what are we trying to do on this podcast? I mean, it's a bit of fun. Okay, mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully the people that listen to us are, are, are enjoy our banter. But actually there is a there is a serious kind of motivation behind this and it kind of links to kind of what, what you and I are kind of, I guess, switched on by mm-hmm. uh, in the business world. And it is about, you know, making a change. It is about mm-hmm. trying to change, in our case, an element of the software world, a part mm-hmm. of the software mm-hmm. world where those large mega vendors, those old school legacy companies that they go around and they, they have really, really poor behavior. And Mm. a lot of the time, I mean, I remember I started my career in in the technology industry I joined IBM in 1998. And it was a company that you would have been very proud to work for. It was had a fantastic reputation in the market. And I spent the last kind of 20 years or so, 30, nearly 30 years now. It's like, you're looking at the industry and saying it is, has some despicable parts of it that just Mm. people have not been, historically been pointing out. Mm-hmm. And the only way to make a change, I think, is by shining a light on that. And I think that's the serious part of, yeah. of what yeah, we're yeah. trying to do here. I know we have a laugh about it, we have a joke about it, but actually, there's a really serious piece of this, isn't there?
1: Yeah, it's, it, there is, and it's about creating that awareness. And as you said at the big at the start, you know, making a change. We're trying to make a difference, and we're trying to be, you know, there's no reason why you can't be the opposite of everything IBM do and be a great company. Yeah, um, they're certainly taking one route and um, we've lots of stories but that's why we're it's it's the company that keeps on giving us salacious rumours it, it does um, it's,
0: it's given us so it's given us so much over the over the last yeah, couple of years we're yeah. two years doing this now this is our this, going into our a third year doing this yeah. and we did a thing the last time where we had a look at some of the stories we, which we gathered from our, our customers and, and prospects that we're dealing with in our own business we said we might do that again have a look at some of the things that are happening with IBM I mean you you heard about the cloud packs? You and I know what cloud packs are. Yeah. For our listeners, what these things are are this: are uh, they're pretend products? Effectively, <laughs> <laughs> they're pretend, like they're just repackaged the old stuff, put it in a new package, yeah. and call give it a new name and give it a different term term different terms and conditions, and there you have the cloud packs. Yeah. But it's all over. You know, anybody selling IBM software, any customers of IBM
1: are getting approached around cloud it's pack. Not what people think about when they think about cloud, you know. It's not like, where are my pictures from my phone? They're in the cloud. Cloud pack is different.
0: <laughs> because you it's know? not in the cloud, yeah. probably, yes. It's like, Whereas, oh,
1: my cloud revenue's up. Oh, really? Yeah. How much of it is in a pack <laughs> that sits on my on-prem I don't, environment? But, you
0: know? but what's interesting about it is they've just changed the terms. I mean, they had, they had this, the one before was the, um, uh, what was it? Oh, they had yeah. the, the dual jewel entitlement. Jewel entitlement. So yeah. it's, like yeah, it's like a it's a, it's a, it's a, a repackaging yeah. of the of the of the product. Yeah. So they have this thing now where actually, and this is the thing they're not telling their customers. They're not being clear to the customers that they're actually giving them when you when you make the change that cloud packs actually are a fixed term. They're not perpetual, mm. so it's a, there's a real risk here. They're, they're pricing these things in such a way, so companies need to go into these things with their, mind, with their eyes open. And this isn't just unique to IBM; we've seen this in all the vendors. I'm sure Eric, we chat to him later, might mm. have a view on this. But this is incredible. But they're still at this again. I think mm. we mentioned this before Christmas, but we've seen it again in the last few weeks. They're not telling, and customers are about to make purchasing decisions based mm. on. Limited information, mm. and
1: there's well, there's just no clarity, you know. And it's about being transparent, and there's no transparency, and it's complex. Yeah. Complex. So yeah. Yeah. they're kind of, you know, I, I guess it's in the playbook somewhere. Don't tell them what you're doing.
0: Well, it has yeah. to be because they're not telling them.
1: Yeah, yeah. it has yeah. to be. Yeah, tell the client they're getting this new Super Duper product. It's got all the balance of whistles. In fact, we've we've integrated multiple parts from many products, and we're going to give you something else. But you lose entitlements. Well,
0: why can't they just tell them? Yeah. What's the big deal? Like, why can't they just be? I mean, at the end of the day, if a customer knew, okay, mm. what's the risk? Okay, I may be off the software by then, or maybe I'll pay on a mm. on a year to year
1: basis. Yeah, or buy. it makes sense to me. What's my three year cost of ownership? Is it going to be larger? Is it going to be smaller? What am I gaining? But no, it's don't tell them yeah. what you don't really want them to know because they might not make a decision. Yeah. Um, so and if that- you're listening yeah.
0: IBM, you need to make this change. You yeah. can't be pulling
1: yeah. the wool over people's yeah. eyes. Like we, we had the client, uh, I can't mention the name or the client the jurisdiction, but just before before the new year, they were talking about moving uh, their perpetual rights or trading in their WebSphere integration product. And they were going, about to do it and we spoke to them and uh, we explained to them what was happening, that they were going to lose their perpetual license entitlement, which is part of their existing agreement. They were going to go to a term license, which means unless they continue to pay I knew that they'd lose their right to use software they hadn't realized at all and they pulled the plug they said that's not what we want that's not what we were looking for yeah. um, and they deferred the decision and they actually paid more money to, to renew the product hmm. um, knowing they're going to move off it next year so yeah, it's just, it's kind of scandalous. But they're getting locked into things and there's like a
0: disease now. We, you know, it's like, mm. you know, they have a cloud pack. They've put certain products into these these cloud pack packages. Mm. I guess pack is a good, good explanation of what it is. They're packaged, yeah. okay? Yeah. But there's certain products they haven't put in. But even still, we found that certain products in another situation, they've gone and actually bundled, they've, they've tried to put products that are not supposed to be in a cloud pack and said to the customer, "You know, we'll actually just change the terms of that
1: license agreement. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To get <clears throat> I don't know what I don't know what they're looking for. They're it, just trying it, to change it, it's the terms. Just a, it's basically taking your existing on-prem technology, calling it something else, looking, making it look like a bundle, and then actually taking stuff away, which is your entitlements. Yeah. outrageous and it all starts with the legalities like you know we we talk about the legalities and when we talk to people you know that we're selling to the first thing we say is what are you entitled to where is your do you know your perpetual rights and, you know rights and entitlements and that's what IBM are taking away yeah. uh, during the sales process so it's, it's crazy stuff yeah
0: yeah We'll have a chat about IBM, yeah. will we? It's a, it, they've, they've, yeah, there's they've a bit been, going on in the IBM world. In fact, they're, new CEO. They've been, they've new, been pretty new, busy. New I hear Nuco have a new, new CEO. Nuco have a don't have a
1: new name. Yes. Oh, come on. I don't know how long does it take? You I know, do it, like the name Nuco. Nuco's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I'm sticking uh, with it. I'm, at nuco.com, I don't know, it's probably gone. But uh, yeah, they have a new CEO. He's not quite new. Uh, you might recall when when a guy by the name of uh, Martin Schroeder, but he was. He was originally, he was a, a VP of global markets uh, some time back. And, uh, you know, word has it that he was overlooked in June 2020 when uh, Arvin got the, the top job. And oh, I probably, he, he left. Well, he wanted to. He was the the, the CEO apparent, but he okay. didn't get the job. You yeah, know? so he wasn't he wasn't quite CEO elect, but he was. A, he, he, I think he thought he was going to get the job, um, but he retired soon after because he didn't get the job. Um, but they brought him back out of retirement. Oh. Whatever he's been doing, he's, he's he's Australian. I think he's got co citizenship between the U.S. and Australia, so I think he's been down in Australia. But he's back, and they've given him the CEO position of the divested Newco. crappy bit. Oh, of God. the company that they're trying to get rid of. Uh, now, he does take on a did, he not like a did he not like retirement? Well, they said, well, the really good bit is over here. So this is AI <laughs> and cloud. And we've got this really crappy bit that we're trying to get rid of. And you've, um, and you've worked in it for years. Yeah, and oh. even the good bits of the crappy bit, we've taken those out. So, yeah. you know, but it's the CEO... So and he's, he's taking that, job.
0: and they're letting people go and everything. They're they're already announced was a twenty thousand staff you know, to go. Well,
1: he's got ninety thousand staff, soon to be seventy thousand, probably. Yeah. So he's back anyway, and you know, best of luck to him. It's a business that's obviously on the decline, but he knows the business pretty well. He's very close to that that client base. He's big into mainframe and managed services, so you know he'll probably enjoy it. And Arvin got a promotion, I heard. Uh, as you put it the other day, he's got a new business card. Yeah. He just had the CEO one, and now he has to reprint them. So That's, uh... at least he can keep the same logo. Because he doesn't, can, doesn't yeah. have to put a good new co on it. Yeah, so what happened there? Yeah, so 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 uh Ginny, I can't Ginny's believe gone. I mean, thirty-nine years. Oh, eventually. I miss Ginny. Yeah. I miss um, Ginny. She's I mean a- my favorite two stats about Ginny, and I and I must have said them on two or three podcasts, but unless anybody's listened to them all, they might have missed them. But you know, she did preside over preside over twenty-two consecutive quarters of declining revenue, which which eventually in hmm. Jan- I think it was in January 2018 22 consecutive quarters, and a share of price that dropped 25% while the the S&P was surging by 160% and also declining revenue of 25 billion. But apart from that, she did a really good job. She's like the she bought Red Hat, the
0: football she... coach that just keeps losing. She bought Red Hat. She gave <laughs> but, but, that to Arby. but it's got but it's got longevity. <laughs> yeah, so she's gone. She's uh, gone. There's a few football teams I think have yeah. had to fall into that category. Yes. Um, I did read though that IBM. Uh, to be fair to them, some positive news about positive IBM. News, yeah, yeah no, no, yeah. we'd say so what we well. it. There was a report there about active companies and who are active in politics in, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, In particular, the report was on and I was talking about companies like IBM who are not active. I mean, obviously, they've they've lobby parts of the business. I'm sure every company has that. Mm -hmm. But they're not active in the super PACs. And the same way for the likes of, you know, Larry... Ellison and Oracle and, and 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 indeed many of the new co you know, like the big big tech companies like Facebook, Google, mm-hmm. they're very much in the in the throes of the of the Democratic Party traditionally. Yeah. With the changes now, we might see what what happens there. Yeah, so I thought we had a little bit That's of good, good news. That's
1: good. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, and they're and they're doing some good. As it, re- as it relates to the COVID. Uh, Can we talk about it? Well, well we're not talking, we're talking about COVID. <laughs> that wasn't the cough, by the way. No, that was just a... We're not going to talk about the pandemic. <laughs> the... Yeah, no, we're over that. At least I am over that anyway. But we, but they have partnered with Salesforce. So who you might recall back in 2018, actually they partnered with Salesforce and each of them was the preferred vendor of the other. So I think Salesforce in 2018 said of IBM that they were the preferred cloud vendor. I think
0: that's like a a hug. Yeah,
1: and IBM said, well, you're our preferred, you know, uh, workforce management solution provider I'm Uh, delighted they're getting on so well. So they've partnered in relation to the vaccine, a a vaccine passport, if you will. So I think you might recall in, in the movie Contagion, I think it's probably not worth watching <laughs> it's frightened i the started
0: to watch it in february but then, yeah. I, then I turned
1: it off because yeah. it was going on all around me it's, it's nine years old but it's uh, quite poignant anyway if you if you had the, if you were vaccinated and you were cleared of the plague or whatever it was yeah. you got to wear a little wristband like you do when you're going into a theme park so right. you can take all the rides and all whatever. Right. so yeah so they've t- teamed up with uh, salesforce to provide a health app uh, based on big blues uh, health passport so if you have the app It'll basically give you your set, your health credentials, and essentially, your you know, if you've been immu- if immunized, if you had the vaccine, you can then get entry into concerts or. It's wherever, sounds you know. like something out of Brave New World yeah. or 1984. Uh, it's, yeah, and it's like underpinned somehow. I've no idea how by blockchain technology, but but it allows you basically to a blockchain know, to, would have to be in there somewhere. <laughs> Come on, all we're yeah. missing is bitcoins. Yeah. So if you want to board an aircraft, you know you have your boarding pass and you have your IBM passport that says I've been vaccinated, yeah. I'm healthy. And yeah. they, them,
0: they, they bought a company. Who did they buy? They bought some company. Uh, they
1: bought a... a, a, a uh, hybrid h- cloud? ...heretofore, never heard of before, <laughs> a company called uh, Teos, which is a hybrid cloud consulting company. So right. they bought Red Hat, as we know, and now they need another company to tell them how to maximize the revenue. So I thought they had loads of consultants in IBM. The bit they kept with... Of, of the, well, yeah, the, they don't know right. anything about cloud. So they had to buy a company that's, that specializes in cloud professional ah. services and management. They have the Cloud Pack guys we discussed earlier. <laughs> they're very good at cloud. Yeah, they're not people. <laughs> um, ah, okay. So it's a small little middle. I couldn't find out how much they spent on that, but obviously they needed to back up. Yep, I think we're going to see you know, quite a bit of acquisition this year. I'll come to that in a minute of the likes of IBM, SAP, Salesforce, etc., acquiring companies to help bolster. Oh, integrate. Yeah, it makes you know, a lot of sense. You know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. good good value for those companies who have it. They can be bought at a, at a premium. And we have... A, People, so leave an IBM behind for Yeah, that, leave it. Like we've, labor unionization things happening, you know, this is not small. something you normally see in the
1: tech industry. Yeah, it's like a small startup uh, labor union in in Google. Yeah, so yeah, a bunch of activists, I mean, I'm not sure how serious this is. Like Google have what like 200,000 employees and there's a union has sprung out based on kind of internal activism with about 400 people or something like that. Mm-hmm and it's called the alphabet workers union and really they just it's it's it was like a secret you know covert ops uh, little union but they've come out and they've announced themselves and named themselves elected some leadership and Google have said, "Yeah, look, it's great. Go ahead, and we'll continue to, you know, to engage with our employees." As uh, we, as we as it we reminds the me past. of
0: the one you know, when I was working with IBM. IBM had a, a one called the Alliance at IBM, mm. and uh, you probably know about. They have a actually a Facebook page called Watching IBM. Yes, yeah, we've been on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, get, yeah. we get some of our news stories from on it, every day uh, which we have to, of course, validate. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, Alliance and IBM—that was around in actually my in my day with IBM, and uh, I think it had about four hundred as well. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't
1: that. think these things go very far. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, yeah it's, it's it's actually quite humorous to yeah. look at that that page. They talk about they don't talk about IBM. Uh, international business machines they talk they refer to it as the Indian business machine when they're talking about it oh right I haven't seen that yeah politically politically correct maybe but um, and and
0: there's a few nasty things go back to COVID actually there's a few nasty things going on this Mm. the order stuff is rearing its head again Mm. again well the predictions
1: are it'll keep coming oh my god Mm. I
0: mean but but did you tell me the story the other day that I bet you'd seen in a review about the hospitals getting yeah. targeted? I mean, yeah,
1: that's have outrageous. they
0: not got enough on their plate? Yeah. Is that,
1: I can't believe it. Yeah, we're in the, we're in the busiest period that the hospitals will ever face. People are up the walls and then they get a phone call from IBM or KPMG saying, hi, um, we're here for the <laughs> audit. You know, <laughs> seriously. Are actually absolutely joking? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you'd want to be really desperate for a little bit of revenue to do that. But yeah, there's just, there doesn't seem to be any, you know, limits, you know? Um, yeah. And they,
0: I saw that the ITAM, this, that story actually came from ITAM Review, which mm. is actually pretty pretty interesting. We actually put it up on our website. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, but I thought they did, they did a survey on the actual audit practices and from feedback from end users. And I thought you'd love this one. So they had the, who are the most helpful in the audit and who are the least helpful? Of course, yeah the most helpful are Microsoft, SAP and IBM, no particular order. Yeah. And the least helpful are Microfocus, Oracle and IBM again. <laughs> I think there's a there's there's yeah. an Irish phrase for that it's called it's called a kind as haved on veil which means talking out of both sides of your mouth. <laughs>
1: How I can mean, you be in both sides of the pie chart you know lovely. incredible Very incredible yeah. Um, yeah we talked about that whole audit bargain flow stuff in in the last podcast and it, it just keeps coming yeah it's just des- desperate for sale so obviously revenue is declining did, did we have one of those in our predictions did we talk about this I can't remember that audits would keep coming yeah um, we should have I think we should have yeah. yeah I think it was too obvious you know <laughs> it probably um, is yeah yeah. There was so that's really insightful news thanks guys and what else is happening yeah just to wrap up then uh, on some of the numbers I mean uh, before we get on to some of the earnings. Yeah, very interesting to read some of the tech MA last year. Four hundred and seventy billion an acquisition, uh, which is only second, you know, after the dot com bubble, which is pretty big. We talked about one of those big ones, which was the Slack acquisition. Uh, sorry, the Slack acquisition by Salesforce of about twenty five billion didn't do much for for Salesforce. Uh, they lost about thirty million off their market cap since then. Yeah, not sure if it was entirely to do with Salesforce uh, or the acquisition, but also to performance. Then there was another interesting one of Twilio, which which is a product I've used. Actually, it's a good product for integrating, you know, messaging to your to your platform. So if you want to get a text or a phone call when an event happens, it's a good product I've used in the past. But they, they on the other hand, they gained four billion in valuation after a three point two billion all stock deal for the marketing customer segmentation company called it's actually called Segment. And um, what's going to happen at twenty this year? Then
0: do we think is there going to be another mega merger?
1: Do we think or is it going to be a little? <laughs> But the, the big guys gobbling yeah. up loads of little guys. Or. I think you'll see the companies in that kind of twenty million to hundred million segment. So you know, not not the you know, the big companies out there. Not not the likes of, let's say, if you exclude SAP, IBM, Microsoft, and all the usuals. I think you're going to see a bit of consolidation. I think I think you're going to see because of the the changing nature of the tech industry and mm. and the fact that you know, there's a, been such a seismic shift in the way we use technology, even in the last 12 but there months. Be, but they could be forced, to, they could start seeing
0: some of the outputs of some of these um, activities by the committees in the US and indeed here in Europe. Mm. And you've even seen, you know, the antitrust activity that are, that's happening. Mm. And recently in Europe here, we've had the Digital Services Act and, mm. and, and um, Digital Markets Act come out. And they're specifically looking at antitrust and and, and that type of behaviour what you normally see though is the big guys having to break up Mm. Mm. you know so you could have I don't know whether we're going to I mean obviously predictions could say a big mega merger but what you could have is big guys Car- carving off some of their smaller bits mm. and pushing them out, like yeah, like IBM's yeah. Nuco. Yeah, I mean, well, that was done for different reasons, of course, because yeah, it doesn't would, make it any yeah, money. Because they're
1: trying to focus on cloud and they haven't quite got there yet. I think you're going to see the bigger companies buying strategic acquisitions to bolster their kind of long term platforms. So whether it's a a bit like IBM buying a you know consultancy company in, in cloud, you know mm. those types of acquisitions that bolt-on acquisitions, if you like, to help them with some of their strategic initiatives. I think that's probably what we're going to see. So we'll see possibly some very large acquisitions into the, you know, one or two billions, but I think you'll see SAP, Oracle, Microsoft, and those guys, Making strategic acquisitions in that space That's what yeah. I think
0: And, and um, I, IBM gave k- 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 their
1: yeah, earnings as well Yeah there's a couple of SAP are coming out at the end of the month But I mean the, the, the word Single word I kind of use for their What's likely to happen is kind of meh Which is a word of 2020 that somebody, But it's it's going to be kind of pretty much una, uneventful. Sorry give, give, me, give me that again Meh It basically means not very interesting All oh, right. Uh, so Sorry, re, 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 That's why I missed it Yeah re, re, revenue is down um, You know software license revenue is down Pretty flat overall, nothing really to talk about. But speaking of down, and um, and just to finish on a note of, of optimism with, with of optimism, yeah. <laughs> so look, I mean, they missed. I mean, it's down, 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 right? They missed their revenue targets for the quarter, down six percent year on year. They've missed their revenue targets for the year for the seventh year running. So they're down four point six percent. Their share price tanked. From one hundred and thirty-one dollars to one hundred and eighteen dollars, so it's a double-digit decline. I don't. I think that's only happened a handful of times in fifty years. They've had a double-digit decline in their share, so everything's down. And their free cash flow is down twenty-five percent from where it was ten years ago, which kind of coincides again with Ginny Ramerdy's reign. Did she so, take, take some out the door with her? Well, she took twenty million out the door every year while yeah. she was there. Yeah, look, they still and you know, they've got commitments to heavy dividend payments, so I think they're down, down, down. But they're still still making money. (sighs) Their their profits are up. So, like, I don't understand
0: all the maths on this, but, like... These guys just keep making money hand over fist. What are we going to do about it? Well, do you know what? We have the very man... All the way in Pittsburgh, Eric Cunningham runs an operation out of, out of the United States. Well, he's in Pittsburgh, but his team are all over the US. Pass advisors, they specialize in saving people significant amount of money, cost optimization, expense analysis ex- experts. Eric spent nine years at Oracle, worked at IBM, worked in Salesforce, worked in Microsoft. He's been around the block, and we are delighted to have you here, Eric. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. Thomas and... Brendan, thanks for having me. Hey, Eric. You are
0: the third Irishman on the show, is that right? <laughs> you, must have, you must have definitely understood my Irish-speaking earlier, a e kindest of call, have on veil. I'm sure you understood what I meant, didn't you?
2: I did, I did, and I'm, I'm <laughs> delighted that you acknowledge that I'm, I'm from the, the high country as well, uh, high ground, excuse me, uh, but I'm from the high ground of Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania. Ah. So I'll, I'll keep things uh, true, true and blue over here.
0: Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> well, listen, you're from the the Cunningham clan, from all the way from Pittsburgh. We're delighted to have you here. Uh, you've been listening there for a few minutes. I I, I know you have just joined us. You heard you heard a few things we're talking about. We were just touching there on the amount of money that these guys make. Um, the big mega vendors, you know. And this is this is right up your street. Is it acceptable? I mean, I remembered stories years ago, and you probably remember these as well, Eric. The likes of Oracle and others used to boast about how much money they saved in their support teams, how far, how much less money they spent, and how much more money they, revenues they gained. It was a kind of, it was a silly boast, wasn't it? And, you know, they've almost created the the environment for a company like yours and the skill set you have to go into organizations and identify areas of savings. Is it acceptable though, do you think?
2: You know, and by the way, I have been listening to this and, you know, Really enjoying the conversation. So I, I go back to a story what a customer told me the other day. So if you look at IBM's revenue in 2019, pre-COVID, you know, they posted roughly $77 billion, but their SG&A was roughly $20.6 billion, right? So now we're in COVID, 2020, mid-February, no travel, no expenses, you know, there's no steak dinners or lobsters anymore. No events, no games, no suite rentals. Uh, but uh, they they still increase pricing in many cases. And uh, you know, all those that SGNA was cut down by 80%. So did they lean in to help customers out during this period of time? You know, I I would question the fact that they do. My customers are saying they didn't. Uh, but it, it is interesting, but going out and bolstering your revenues. You know what? Every every other industry right now is is just trying to recalibrate their brand and figure out what their business is moving forward by calling multiple audibles. It's you know, it's not. Uh, it's not the right thing to do. I will say this: some technology companies don't do it, uh, but the ones you've mentioned already, you know, they seem to be the usual suspects.
0: Because they should, they really should have done something, shouldn't they? I mean, it, it would have been the right thing to do. It wouldn't have been that difficult. To put their hands out and say, I mean, we talked a story you probably heard it earlier about hospitals getting like the hospitals of all places to get calls around audit. I mean, surely, surely to God, you just you just don't do that. Like if you were running a business, I mean, maybe they didn't know about it, okay? So we gotta give them some credit. Maybe a big organizations it's hard for them to know. But now that they know about it, they really should be looking at these things. And you can't allow your organization to start putting that sort of pressure on businesses when there's so much pressure already.
2: Yeah, no, that's, I, you're, you're right. The, the larger companies, we call them the mega suppliers in our world. Uh, the, most of them didn't lean in at all. Where you've seen the, the technology suppliers that leaned in were those mid, the small t- small technology suppliers that, you know, would do things like recalibrate uh, the revenue streams and the payment streams or or let them rebalance usage on the contracts and redo multi-year contracts that they really leaned in. But the big mega suppliers, you know, they they stuck to their contracts and said, you know, we've already reported to Wall Street, so we can't really do anything at this point.
0: We did we did a webinar with you last week, Eric. Very good, enjoyed it. One of the comments around the sort of and the sort of work that that you where you operate and indeed we, we ourselves operate in our business, you kind of have, and it doesn't take a rocket science to know this. You've got probably three categories of organizations. There are those organizations, and we know the industries they're in. Whether it be in the conference industry or the airline industry or the the, the food and beverage industry, uh, in terms of the, the the hospitality end of it, I mean those companies are decimated. They're in the really gotta they gotta do something urgently, or they're 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 in serious trouble. And then you have probably there's a tranche in the middle who are have have had to adapt to online activity and are maybe they're continuing as they were before. Just different streams of income are coming in being replaced. And then you have those other ones that are done really, really well. Many in the tech industry. When you look at those three different buckets, what are the what are the things you're seeing? That there, is is all your work within the guys in, in difficulty, or are you are you spreading across? Do you see activity in all three areas? What do you what are you seeing in the market? What and what are they asking for? Yeah,
2: yeah. So, so most of our conversations are with CIOs, CFOs, and CPOs, and and the mindset is there is no such thing as being complacent anymore. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you, if you stay in one place, you're going to fall into what we call the quicksand approach and you're just going to dig a beat, dig deeper and deeper hole. So a lot of these companies in all three of those categories, Tomas have put some initiatives in place to really look at wasteful spend reduction and how do how do I reduce my overall, you know, technology spend. So, so technology, is the largest and fastest indirect spend on the balance sheet today.
0: How much is it? What's what sort of what's what sort of numbers are you looking at as a percentage of, of of revenue? Is it I mean I know it depends on the industry.
2: De- depending on the industry it could be anywhere from three to twelve percent. Okay. Based on revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and that's our data and I and and I I we stand behind our factual data. We're not a survey based company where we're sending a CIO a $75 gift card to fill out a survey. Yeah. So So really, it goes back to these initiatives, and it's no different than in a sales meeting where you're forecasting, you know, what the what the new logos look like, and sales revenue, and different buckets. Now there's the CFOs holding meetings looking for the forecast on spend reduction. Hmm. So there is no such thing as a renewal anymore; they're all renegotiations, and there's options out there like third party. Uh, Hmm. You guys know a little bit about that and what you're doing relative to. Providing a, a, a an ex, exceptional service to IBM, and there's a lot of other companies out there doing that, whether it's on the software or the hardware side as well too. But the other thing is they're they're looking at consolidating point solutions. They don't want to manage multiple different technology suppliers. They want a service, right? As these mega suppliers fight for the market share in cloud, right? They're taking their eye off the ball relative to on-prem. Right, Which opens up the opportunity for new options with third party. And then the last thing that I see a lot of these guys are doing, other than software and hardware and telco, the consulting and staffing agreements, there's a lot of juice to squeeze there as well too. So big initiatives in that space, you know we're saving anywhere from fifteen to thirty percent of annual spend based upon our platform and our, our negotiation services
0: we if we took say a typical company, let's say a billion dollar company. Spending 10% on technology spend, so that's it's spending 100 million on technology spend. It is fits in the it fits in the kind of top in the end that has part of its business under pressure, part of it's okay. So it's down 20%. So it's down it's down from a billion. It's going to do 800 million now. It's in trouble. All right, that's a 200 million drop in revenue. Are you seeing a corresponding need to drop their their spend from that 10 million, that 100 million to 80 million, or actually do they really need to actually go further?
2: Well, it, the answer is it depends because a lot of that spend that they got to 100 million was it was it validated? You know, how many different BI technologies do they have? You know, how many different types of, of storage suppliers do they have? Are they are they the United Nations of storage? Or can they consolidate into one or two and standardize more? So, you know that that causes a lot of employee growth too and a lot of employee costs too on the direct side of it. Um, but um, you know, there's you know, there's this whole tribal knowledge in the in the industry. So CIOs and CFOs they they move around a lot, right? It's no no secret, and it's easy to go in as a new uh, business decision maker and point fingers of what happened in the past. And we don't really go down memory lane. We try to figure out where we're at right now, and we kind of fix the problem. Uh, But it goes into, but you got to categorize all the data because in the the technology space, as you guys know, uh, you're on an X metric one one week, and then the supplier comes out with a Y bundle. Mm. So, and and then then it opens up this thing called bundle pricing with repricing on top of it, and and then people fall for these traps. You know, I was listening to your cloud packs conversation. Can I make a comment on that real quick? Oh please, yeah yeah, so we call that in the states a smoke screen. That's what we call it over here. So it's nothing but a uh, a discount, right? It's a it's a marketing glitch to get somebody to uh, incent them to move quicker into the cloud market. And we see it all the time. It's nothing but a discount. We could we we deal with, as you guys know, all the suppliers benchmark all the suppliers, and all the contracts and all the proposals have some type of cloud credit, cloud pack, cloud, Whatever you want to call it, but yeah, and and uh, it's it's really that motivational thing for a a business decision maker and the CIOs to say, okay, they're giving us this. We need to move quicker. When in reality, you'll get the same offer next quarter.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's always there the next quarter. The the when you, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, there's not there's not there's nothing new there. And uh, I I would imagine though that these cloud pack offerings or whatever they may be from all the different vendors they're driven by their own motivations on their side that they want more cloud revenue because it's important for their business and to start moving into that space. It must be part of your kit bag then as well to, in certain circumstances, encourage your customers to take more of this because it's an area area where you can take advantage of, I would imagine. Is not that correct?
2: Yeah. And it really depends on the timing, right? So, uh, If we look at things like this, and many of our customers, there is no discretionary budgets or slush funds for technology this year. So we don't want them to be forced into decisions. We want them to make strategic long-term decisions, given the fact where they're at today. Uh, But in many cases, it does make sense to go to the cloud. But keep this in mind. I mean, migrating to the cloud is just that it's the postage stamp on the envelope. There's a ton of other costs associated with it. You've got to tie in your help desk. You've got to tie in your security. You have got to tie in, you know your storage. You know what? You know you got to tie in all the services on on top of it as well too. But it's it's got to it's got to be right and it's got to be on the priority list of those companies.
0: Yeah. And when the OEMs know you're at the other side of the table, or maybe they don't always know. It depends on the circumstances. I imagine. Uh, do you see their behavior change? when they know that you're there or sense that you're there in the room, or your people are in the room? helping your clients, do, they, do you see a change in behavior just by the knowledge that you're there or that is, again, does it depend? I mean, I'm talking about on average, there'll always be exceptions, but typically what do you see?
2: Yeah, well, they know us, obviously. So they know we benchmark pricing and we benchmark terms and conditions. So what happens is we get to uh, the final decision a lot quicker because, again, we're, we're, we're contracted by our clients to advise them on the. I'm getting great deals, not good deals. Uh, so yeah, so the the procurement life cycle is, uh, in the time associated with that is typically 120 to 180 days without a passive advisors type company involved. And we're doing deals in, you know, less than 30 days right now. And and uh, at least the supplier knows they're getting a deal if we're involved. We're asking the questions. We represent the client, uh, but we also have relationships with a lot of these sales executives. You know, uh, chief revenue officers at a lot of these mega suppliers, so they know we're not going to ask them to do something they haven't done for hundreds of other companies.
0: So you're you're you're, you're empowering your customers, really. You're, you're telling them, listen, this is this is what's happening, you know, because they can't know. They're not going to know the sort of disk. It's like I'm building a house at the moment, and you know, I have a quantity surveyor. I'm not sure if the term the same term in in the US, but the quantity surveyor's job is to is to because I don't know how to build a house. You know, I don't know what the bill of materials and all the elements go into it, but ultimately they know. And you're like that QS, you're going through the list and saying, "Okay, this is this is good value. Yeah, that's typically what you're saying. But they're they're fleecing you here, here and here. Is that the sort of thing you're doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, we don't sit in the back seat and tell them to turn right and turn left. We sit in the front seat and we help them steer the ship. So. Uh, we're rolling our sleeves up. Uh, my team all work for those companies you mentioned at the beginning there. So Salesforce, SAP, Microsoft. We all work there. We understand how they're measured. We understand, uh, you know, the mindset, what the approval processes are within those organizations. And again, our job is to, you know, make sure that the clients get a better than fair deal, and the suppliers get their deals on time. They like mm-hmm. us because we know how they're measured as well too. They get measured by the quarters and the years. So. You know, everybody wins um, in many cases, although we've had some rough ones too. So I don't want to say all the pictures have been pretty, but once we've proven ourselves with some of these suppliers, now it's now now they understand the value.
0: And what's the prize for your clients for your customers? What's the, what's the ultimate prize? Obviously, you know, getting a better deal is is the prize. But for them personally, what's the sort of what's the sort of benefits that you see for the people that you do business with? What are they getting out of it personally?
2: The first thing they're getting out of it is that their anxiety levels are are leveled out because you know the only data that they have running and, and Tomas, is the data that they have in front of them. So wouldn't it be great to see what the rest of the market's spending and and providing them those insights? So they know that they're walking away with a a great deal, uh, and then they also know that you know the subsequent deals, there's a lot of things like rebalancing and termination in favor and all these terms of condition, depending on the nature of the business, if they're, organic and many are, aren't anymore, it's M&A. Yeah. And Brendan mentioned, you know, in the tech world, there's this. we think this is the biggest year of M&A since the, the old days with Oracle buying PeopleSoft, Hyperion, Siebel, all in the same year. I mean, that's unheard of. We think that, and I agree with Brendan, I, I don't think there's gonna be some major purchases this year, but there's a lot of companies that, you know, in, in that 100 million, $200 million range, that their private equity companies are writing the check this year, so they've got very important IP that the big guys—Oracle's, Microsoft's, Salesforce—they're going to—they're going to be gobbling up a lot. In fact, I bet their M and A teams, are, their boards are full right now. They're—they're they're looking at a lot, a lot of activity. Well,
0: what's your take on the IBM Nuco off uh, offload? I mean, is it they're setting it up to be sold? somebody are they going to because as a standalone entity it's probably it's a, it'll be a big player if it doesn't get its in order it could be very soon within a couple of years a, kind of a mid-sized player in that space and become nearly irrelevant have you got a few on the on the new co-organization
2: um yeah you know, i would say we have people that that have a, a pretty good understanding of that i wouldn't be the right person to talk to but you know when i talk to clients it's it's about you know who would have ever thought that IBM, you know the the people that you know you never get fired if you buy IBM, right? That's the the, the quote unquote is now trying to recalibrate, refine themselves, rebrand themselves in the marketplace today. Mm. And and I do agree. I mean I left whenever you know Brendan said twenty five declining quarters uh, in a row. I left on about the sixth one, right? So <laughs> I, I, I was I was impacted like that as well too, but. Um, you know, we have a lot of clients that are. There's a lot of FUD right now with them, and they're trying to figure out what their strategy is. I mean, then you had to peel out of the, the telco piece of it as well, right? Mm-hmm.
0: What do you tell your What are you telling your clients to look at this year? Then you, you mentioned obviously the area we're in, which is um, software maintenance and and looking at the spend there because it is a, is a significant spend. You probably heard us talk a little bit about audits. That's always a challenge, and that that's the and the, and the tr- problem with all. this is that they they can come and suddenly, if you're if you're spend go back to that hundred million spend organization very quickly, they could have a bill of ten or fifteen twenty million on top of that. Um, uh, that, that 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 reverses the opportunity there. What are you seeing? Where where do you see the big opportunities across say software or other areas of technology spend? What are the key areas?
2: Yeah, I, I would say um you know every SaaS deals. Re- can be renegotiated, right? So there's a lot of, you read the information on Zoom and there's a company out there called Zylo that says you know 20% of the Zoom license are actually being used, right? So Zoom's, you know, you get into February and March, if you did a one-year Zoom deal in 2020, I would expect uh, there's a lot of recalibration there, right sizing, right fit. So uh, you can always renegotiate um, SaaS deals. You can always renegotiate on-prem deals, Believe it or not, there's uh, some truth into that without getting into details. Um, you, you know, it's it's this early renewals. Um, you know, you know, these suppliers are out there and sending customers to do these early renewals. They want these multi-year cloud deals that are locked up. Um, the, the thing that we advise clients to do is if there's some uncertainty with that supplier, do a 12-month deal uh, and then do a month-to-month a month after that. So. You know, there's a lot of, we call it tailspin in the industry, guys. So that's the, uh, uh, it's the strategic, but not the, the mega suppliers out there. You know, there's always a change in direction, a lot of change in direction. Again, we're we're trying to reduce point solutions and get into more complete platform type deals. Uh, but, but then you'll see the staffing and consulting services. Uh, you know, those guys aren't on airplanes right now. They're not eating meals. No. So the T&E has gone down significantly. But they're still paying the, the premium big five rates. So, uh, we we've done a lot with renegotiating those contracts as well too, and and I would just say you know it, it's as, as simple as this this may sound. Things like print services and office supplies. You know, people are swiping their P cards instead of using some type of discipline service. So and we saved it. We saved a client the other day four point five million dollars just on office supplies this year because uh, yeah. of the rogue spending. Yeah, but we, we do data categorization, and then after we do the data categorization, we go back to our clients, and and they're all different. Here's the areas and the categories of savings, and here's how you prior, prioritize those savings.
0: No, I, I remember actually, even as a as a, as a small business back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when when every company on the planet nearly was looking at their their P and L and going where up like at their expense lines and saying where are we wasting the amount of waste you know, that exists with even within any company. So I can, I can, I can only imagine you, so you, you have your insights, you have your data and you're going in with a playbook, really, you kind of, you probably, you, you, you know where the areas to look pretty quickly, don't you?
2: Yeah, so we take the data, we benchmark it on our platform, it's called Pass360. Yeah. So we have some AI that's built into it. And within 24 to 48 hours, we're back in front of clients and saying, this is, these are the areas you can save money at immediately. Yeah. Right. And we give a 5x guarantee. So every dollar you spend with a company, you get five dollars back in return and savings. There's a little plug. I threw a little plug in there for myself.
1: Yeah, we, got, uh, we, we, we we love plugs. If yeah, you are, we'll, we'll send you the invoice for that. That's you're okay. a
0: consummate sales guy. I mean, we we, we Keep the Tax of line
1: off of it. Keep the tax off, but I'll
2: pay it.
0: Brilliant, Eric. Listen, it's been great chatting to you, and I love I love what you guys are doing. And you guys have had an unbelievable growth story. I mean I think you were telling me you've just hired a bunch of new people. You've you're only a couple of years old, or not even, and you're you're grown
2: grown like the
0: uh, big guns, aren't you?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. Um, yeah, We've got, we got a lot of great people here. So uh, it's, it's, it's always, and I can tell the, the, the dynamic between you and two, you two as well. You guys enjoy each other's company. I, I have the same, same uh, feeling towards uh, the team here. And they might not say the same about me, but I really enjoy working with them. Uh, <laughs> we get a lot of stuff done. You know, we're an extension of, of our clients' teams. And it's, it's immediate value. Nobody wants to invest in anything in today's economy unless they're getting a quick roi yeah i mean it's a tough justification and, and if you don't get that it, it's it's at the end of the uh it's at the end of the totem pole for for a priority yeah. yeah no you're in you're in the right business
1: at the right time
0: yeah eric great chatting to you thank you for joining us I'm from pittsburgh it's great to okay to, well i can see you on the screen here but the
1: listeners can't but it's great to see you again um we Thank might, you. Yeah. yeah, good to see. Good to talk to you. We might even get to see each other in
2: 2023. Very <laughs> oh, <30. laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> 2023. I love it. All right. Can I want to tell everyone? I have two Irish uh, cousins over in Ireland. So just go with it. If anybody asks you about it, okay.
0: Oh, we love it. We love it. Thanks, Eric. See you, Eric. Take care. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, 2023, Brendan. I'm only being
1: pes- too pessimistic. I thought we were here to change no. this after world. No, I'm going to be carrying around the IBM digital passport and I'll be getting on planes and going to concerts in no time. I'd love to see that wristband <laughs> on your
0: arm. Okay, I look yeah. forward to that. Uh, yeah, we're at the end of another show. First show 2021. Yeah, it was very good. It was good yeah. show. Yeah, we got serious at the beginning. We'll have a bit of yeah. fun, more fun next time. Yeah. We'll be back in February. Looking forward to it. Maybe there'll be a bit, well, certainly the daylight. We'll have more daylight.
1: Yeah.
0: We might have more news <laughs> on other things that might impact our, no, our sure. ability to get around the world. But uh, we'll certainly be here in Dublin and uh, we'll have some fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah.
1: Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Moss.
0: Thank Thanks, you. Eric.